Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I like that they have personality. I'm living my life, man. The grass is so freaking green here, you have no idea. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Touchdown! And it's the fourth TD pass, Will Levis. The Rich Eisen Show. Mahomes downfield and it's intercepted. Earlier on the show, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long. Coming up, NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. And now, it's Rich Eisen. That's a fact. It is me. Hey, hey. there I am. <laughs> Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Getting all the getting's good because you never know when uh, folks like Carl Banks want to call in from an Ikea to pop off about the Giants. That actually happened in hour two, right? That actually happened? See, I thought he was in Ikea, like driving around oh, New York no, somewhere. no, no. I think he said, I'm in, I'm in Ikea. Oh, okay. I think that's what he said. I'm not sure. Anyway, we'll find that's out right now. Call Carl Banks back to see if he's, <laughs> if he's currently uh, uh, screw driving a table together. So many if he's got an Allen wrench in his hand right now. All right. Uh, it's hour number three of this program. Uh, later on, uh, the contents of part of my conversation with Devontae Adams. For all you Vegas Raider fans, I ask him point blank if tonight's game is his final game of his career with the Vegas Raiders. Ooh. I mean, deadline is tomorrow, and there's so much to talk about. And our friend Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks of the famed Move the Sticks podcast with him and Bucky Brooks. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, fresh off of calling the Chargers victory over the Bears for the Chargers radio network last night. How are you, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I just have an image in my mind of Carl Banks putting one of those little desks together that oh barely gets around each of your thighs when you, you when you settle into it. <laughs> Let like, me tell I you something. Love to see that. Daniel, the number of times I've banged my head underneath something that I've just <laughs> Allen ranked together for my children that they, they don't use, uh, yeah. I've lost track. I lost track. Yeah, I, I, I have, I have. This is not a knock on IKEA because I'm sure there's lots of fine quality uh, furniture that they made. But I have, at one point in time, as a young married person, yes. halfway through putting a piece of furniture together, taken a hammer to the whole thing oh, and yes. thrown it in the trash. Yeah. And you're a very mild mannered man, so yeah, imagine what I'm a like. Dark place. Exactly. <laughs> Let me just jump into it, uh, Daniel yeah. Jeremiah. What do you think is going on in the front offices of the Minnesota Vikings right now? Oh, it man. was official as of about 20 minutes ago go of this recording and this conversation that uh Kirk Cousins is done for the year what do you think is happening there right now well you know I think it's it's 
not only kind of going over what your options are in terms of the players that could be out there on the street. I mean, you're talking about like the Colt McCoys, you know, of the world or the trade options, but then it's also saying what's the landscape of where we are and then the NFC as a whole. And are we right to try and, you know, get rid of some assets in terms of draft capital to try and salvage this one? Or are we are we better to just say, hey, let's just get through this year and, and we look towards the future? Like you got to kind of know where you feel you are. The sad thing, the suck of it is the NFC, you know, the Eagles are there. But outside of that, the Niners have kind of come back to earth a little bit. The Vikings and if they got Justin Jefferson back, I mean, they, they had a real, real shot of making a run here, man. So. There's a lot they've got to kind of go through. I lobbed out the Trey Lance thing, which people on social media immediately <laughs> freaked out over. Well, don't be, but, don't dress, don't mess with the Trey Lance, uh, you know, folks, man. I don't know what it is with him, and he's a he's an outstanding young man with a huge yes. upside from Minnesota. I don't, exactly. and also from the Shanahan system, which Kevin O'Connell is, you know, not too far away from. Um, it does make sense because he's. You can't imagine it's much more expensive. I mean, Dallas gave up a fifth for him. You could tell Dallas, let's improve that by a couple rounds. You, you know, now you're not sitting on that pick on Saturday. You can actually use it on Friday night in Detroit next year. I mean, that makes sense to me, Daniel. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, back in the day when everybody was just flipping houses, they're just flipping quarterbacks. You just you sit on them for a couple months and you flip them, and you end up making a nice little profit there. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, and the way Dak's playing and what they look like, he's he's not going anywhere. So that's a way to kind of you know, you've just unloaded an asset and and, and upped your your draft pick. So for the reasons you mentioned, I think if you're going to make a trade in season for a quarterback outside the building to come in and play for you. He has to at least have been in scheme adjacent. You know, he has to have some familiarity with what you do. And that is a very close line between the McVay line and the Shanahan line uh, where Kevin O'Connell came from. So that's why I kind of lobbed out that scenario with Trey Lance. And personally, you know, you know, you mentioned what a good kid he is. I'd like to see him get a chance to play. We, we don't know on him. The, the, nobody knows on Trey Lance. I think I'd, it'd be fun to watch him go back to his hometown and get a shot. So what do you think, now that I've asked you, is going on there, what do you think they should do? I mean, and and tell me about the kid from BYU, Puka Nakua's quarterback, who actually is Jaren in the Hall. building. What do you, tell, tell me about Jaron Hall and, and this one answer about what you think they should do. Yeah, DJ. good athlete. He's a good athlete, you know, and some similarities there to Trey from that standpoint because he can run the ball. Um, but, uh, you know, just a little bit inconsistent with touch, um, just a little bit up and down. He's got – he's, again, he's he's strong. He's sturdy. He can drive the football really, really well. He's a good athlete. Um, it You know, the senior bowl for him, I was hoping he was going to kind of just explode on the scene there and really take off. It wasn't a great week for him there. Um, but you know, he's got some, there's some intrigue there with, with what he can do. And I know John Beck, you know, former BYU quarterback who trained with Jaron who's trained with Trey he's trained with a zillion of these quarterbacks, but he is someone who spoke very high, highly of Jaron. And I, uh, I'm a big fan of John. So, um, I think you got something to work with there. Well, so what do you think then they should do in Minnesota? I would, I would make the call on Trey Lance. That's me. I think that's the most intriguing upside, uh, to kind of use one of your words there. Yep. Um, and I think why not? Let's take a look. Let's see what we've got. Um, I think he's the one that could be potentially available that could hit the biggest, if that makes sense. Daniel Jeremiah, when we left the set in Kansas City after that draft back in April, if I had told you, sir, that Will Levis and 
Tyson Bagent would be the only rookie quarterbacks to win their first career starts by week eight. And Bryce Young and Will Levis would have their first career wins on the same day. You would have told me what, Daniel Jeremiah? Um, Probably had too much barbecue. Uh, yep. Probably be my reaction, mm-hmm. uh, which we did. What a great meal we had <laughs> out there. True. Oh, so both man. things can be true. Both yes. things can be true. Okay. Yes. Uh, but I, you know what? Again, what? How many times have we seen this story, Rich? How many times have we seen the guy in the in, in the green room waiting in those painful shots of him? And and you do a great job of articulating it. That this is not the end of the story, man. This is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And now he got to a an organization with a great head coach that has a a, a track record of success. Um, and then he go, goes in the second round. He's going to you know if the thing goes well for him. Better to be an early second round pick than a late first round pick when it comes to the contract stuff. Like, what a great, what a great start for Will Levis. And I'm glad that uh, you know he's getting the opportunity. Let him go now. Just let him play the rest of the year, and right. let's uh, let's see what you got. So then, do the Titans flip Tannehill? Maybe they call Minnesota. Should Minnesota call for Tannehill too? DJ, yeah, what do you think? I, yeah, well, I mean, you definitely, you can definitely uh, go for that. I just don't know Tannehill. The the feeling and talking to a lot of people around the league, not just my opinion, is that that you know he's slipped pretty considerably here. So I don't know how much mm. you know in, how much how much uh, uh, how much intrigue or or uh, excitement would be out there for him. So including in Minnesota, despite what's going on, is what you're saying essentially. I wouldn't dismiss it. All options on the table, but oh. that just seems to be kind of the feedback that I've gotten. And then cycling back to the rookie quarterbacks, your assessment of Bryce Young and and C.J. Yeah. Stroud playing against each other and just everything writ large. Through yeah, half I mean, a season. well, I, I, I'm encouraged by Bryce from the standpoint that he's getting better. He's getting better every week on a team that doesn't really have a whole heck of a lot around him. I mean, thank goodness for Adam Phelan. He has been kind of his go to there, but they need better players up front. They need more of a run game. They need, you know, bigger, better receiver, you know, quality. And he's fought through it. And and Rich, you don't know with a guy like that. Like he played at modern day out here where, you know, what that, you know, the talent they have there. He goes to Alabama, you know, the talent they have there. You can believe in Bryce Young, but this is the first time in his life he's playing with inferior players, hmm. and that's why the wins haven't been there. But you're seeing him, you know, tough it out, go through this adversity. He's getting better. Uh, he's still getting hit a ton, um, but I'm encouraged by that. C.J. Stroud just came on the scene. He, he, you know, he was rocking and rolling uh, right away. This game was tough. Um, there really wasn't much fireworks in terms of either offense. So this wouldn't be the game that you would point to as, as C.J. Stroud's best. But I've seen plenty from him to know that they've got their guy there in Houston. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, you saw the Chargers uh, destroy the Bears last night. Uh, What's your takeaway here? Things are now fixed or this is just an inferior opponent that the Chargers should have beaten? What's your two cents on the team that you see more than, than, than all, Daniel? I would say two things. Encouraged for the Chargers and... That Bears team is terrible. Um, they are bad, bad. Like they are ten players away from being ten players away. They they don't have talent. I mean, they've got DJ Moore and and you know they've got a couple good linebackers, but their offensive line, defensive line, not good. They, I mean, they just they aren't very good. So I'm not going to overreact to it from the Chargers side of things. But 
They protected better. Um, Herbert was dialed in. He kind of has made a change. He doesn't have that glove on that finger. Uh, so he looked a little more comfortable there. Austin Eckler finally starting to get healthy, get him involved in the passing game was encouraging. Been kind of waiting for Derwin James start making some plays. He has an interception. Bosa, who had a toe injury, he looks like he's getting a little bit of his burst back. There's players there, Rich. I oh, mean, yeah. you know it. I mean, the Chargers have got players. And the schedule, and it's going to be a big one on Monday night coming up against your Jets. Um, but they could get that one. They'd be at four and four, and then you're right back in it. And, um, you know, again, it's it's all in front of them. They could, their season's not over. It's not the start that they wanted. Um, but I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to say, oh, problem solved. They're they're fixed because of, of the quality of the opponent they just played. And, again, against the Jets, that is a big game Huge. for AFC playoff – positioning halfway through the season here because man I would have signed for four and three even with Rodgers being healthy because of how Mm -hmm. difficult a gauntlet the first six games of the Jets schedule was and wound up being and they went up three and three in that in that six game stretch and then thank goodness there's no pictures in the standings because that was as ugly as it gets yesterday. <laughs> but so what is your assessment of Zach Wilson and and how yeah. sometimes he just still doesn't get it? Like taking a sack on a fourth down on a on a do or die that it did appear to be. They didn't die in that fourth quarter, fourth down sack. They still won it. But what's your two cents of the assessment of him? Well, DJ? I'm I'm glad I'm glad you asked me because this is a funny morning that I had. You know, when you're doing games and you're doing Charger games, I'm doing that night game. I don't get a chance to see the games on television as much. So I get to see the narrative before I see the tape. Yep. And so I see the narrative and Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback that's ever walked the face of the earth. And so then I watched the tape this morning and I rarely do this. But there's enough guys doing it. But I, I actually did like a five minute video kind of breaking down okay. what I saw in the game and how I thought this was not not it, I thought not only was not bad from Zach Wilson, I thought it was pretty courageous and did some good things. And then everybody starts replying to me like, oh, you, you and Orlovsky, blah, 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 blah. So I immediately like, I call Orlovsky. I'm like, Dan, did you do something on Zach Wilson this morning? He's like, yeah, dude, he, his, the tape wasn't bad. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just did the same thing. Like it was to the point where I felt compelled. I needed to try and defend the kid. But um, when I watched it, Rich, as you know, you watched the game. You're playing in a driving monsoon. Let's start there. You lose your starting two centers. You're playing with yeah. your third center yeah. in this game. Yeah. There's no obviously no Dwayne Brown, no Vera Tucker, no Tipman. Now you're down McGovern. Now you're down Schweitzer. You've got one wide receiver who's a stud in Garrett Wilson. You cannot run the ball like the Giants could actually run the ball. They couldn't throw it a lick. They had negative nine passing yards. But Zach Wilson goes out there, throws for 240. There's probably four drops in that game that would have taken the total. There's the pass interference would have added on to that. He got pressured 25 times. Most of it from Dexter Lawrence, who at 350 pounds is going up against the guy who was on your practice squad as a guard who's snapping you the ball. And and he hung in there. He hung in there. And for all the the talk over the last few years has been Man, our defense is so great. If he just doesn't screw it up, just don't turn it over. Um, he's got one pick in the last five games. They played in a monsoon, and he rips two throws at the end. You talk about the terrible sack he took. That was terrible. The play before that third and 10, he hits Lazard for a conversion, and he drops it. Um, so, I mean, it was just kind of all okay. these different things. And even okay. even the last play of the game, Rich, the last play of the game, the the narrative was, oh, my gosh, Zach Wilson got bailed out. He's got a guy wide open. He underthrows it. And you get the pass interference penalty, and they kick the game winner. You watched, I posted the play. He got stroked. 
He got hit right in the teeth. He can't even follow through, but he hung in there and got the ball out there and gave him a chance to win the game. So okay. um, I, I don't know. I, I think in this right. and, and me and Orlovsky are on the same page on this. You get fired up, but we're not putting him in the Hall of Fame. We're not even saying he, he was the right pick or should have been the pick at number two. If you're watching him and you can't agree that Zach Wilson has gotten better, then I can't I can't help you. Okay. Look at you, Daniel Jeremiah. Caping for and, Zach Wilson. And by, and by the way, and by the way, everybody goes. That's yeah. because you're boys with Joe Douglas. I'm like, Joe hasn't called me in two months. I'm, I'm pissed at Joe. Okay. So this has nothing to do with that. <laughs> All right, Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. In the few minutes we have left, what's your assessment of Brock Purdy suddenly having issues turning the football over? That's been quite the O. Henry-like plot twist to the 2023 season over the last three weeks. What's your What's your view of him, Daniel? I, I was talking to a GM yesterday. He brought up a great point. And he said, uh, you know, you remember the the Matt Schaub Kubiak teams that was, you know, obviously Kubiak played for Mike Shanahan. It's the same same offense. They would they were getting a lead early. They jump on you. They get leads. And then it was a nightmare to play against them because everything looks the same run and pass. And then they hit you with that play action and then they get after you. This 49ers team, as great as they are, and they're missing a couple key pieces, obviously, with Trent Williams and with Debo. Right. They're still a play-from-ahead type of a team. And they they mostly do play from ahead because their defense is suffocating normally, and then they they can they can get on you. When they're behind, which they've been in these games, Rich, those play actions don't get honored. You don't get uncover guys wide open down the field. And now it becomes tighter windows. It becomes more of your skill set as a thrower comes into it in terms of being able to power the ball in. That's not who Matt Schaub was. That's not who Brock Purdy is. Um, so that's the one concern with him or this team. Now, he's wired the right way. He competed his butt off. Um, I think most games they're going to play with the lead. They're not going to be in this situation very often. Playing Joe Burrow coming off of a bye and dialed in is not ideal. That's right. um, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's kind of the whole picture there. Okay, so um, wh- where where's the where are the turnovers coming from? That like what what's what what are you seeing? I, I think he's trying. He's just tr- he's forcing. You know, he's okay. trying to make two two bigger plays instead of just you know hey sometimes you can live for kicks sometimes um you can check the ball down and trying to be too fine and and maybe being a little overconfident in 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 his arm there so okay I, i'm not going to get totally carried away the bengals to me were the bigger story than purdy the bigger story was if you're in the afc and you saw that version of joe burrow it was uh-oh uh that's not good right i uh, mean again I, and i know we've got uh dolphins and Chiefs on NFL Network from Germany in six days from now. Huge. Jacksonville's playing terrifically, and so are the Ravens. They're all six and two. Uh, mm-hmm. But that Burrow team, that was it right there. That that's the one that was threatening, you know, championships over the last couple of years. Yeah, he DJ. is. Uh, I, I right. made this case to Bucky this morning, which was. Look, the Dolphins are high flying. You know, like that is an aerial circus. What they can do, it is fun to watch. But I don't know if a team, when Burrow's healthy, gives you more to worry about because Burrow, he has four conversions with his legs in that game. You know, two of that's not, he's kind of a very reluctant runner for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, that's not who he is. Burrow adds that to it. They move the pocket with him. Miami's got the two stud receivers. Well, Cincinnati's got three. So they can hit you with that. Then they can get you with the screen game with Joe Mixon. Um, they can go empty it out. I mean, they can. They give you a lot to worry about, and that is a very talented defense, arguably the most talented defense in the NFL, and it was a hot knife through butter uh, with Joe Burrow against those Niners. 
Last one for you, DJ. In my position, I you know, like to ask questions I think I know the answer to. I have no idea what the answer is to this one. And 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 I need you to be unvarnished and, and truthful with me. Um yep. in, in a very sore subject for me. This is for fact, DJ. Fact. Talking to scouts, talking to all the people that you talk to in pro and college football. What is the general sense of what's going on with the University of Michigan Wolverines and everything there? What are you hearing? What's the sense? What are people saying, DJ? Two different conversations. Okay. As you would, I'm sure, not be surprised. Nobody in the NFL cares. Uh, really? I mean, come on. Like, well, because they've been, you know, I've I've worked with teams, and it's just a different thing. You're allowed to go scout opponents in the NFL. Right. You got to get all. You're trying to get everything you can. Obviously, they have the headset communication, which to me is the takeaway from this whole thing. What are we doing? Just put the headsets in and let's be done with this whole thing. Um, and then you know we would you do listen to TV. You'd listen to TV copy to see if I can hear the audibles from the quarterback and what can we get from that. Like that's kind of always been a part of the NFL game. So they don't. I mean, it, you know, look, it's not. It's against the rules. 100 percent shouldn't have done it. But the NFL community just kind of shrugs their shoulders. Okay. Whereas the college community is, you know, I mean, this is it's unnecessary, you know, more than anything else. It's, it's excessive and it's unnecessary and it more just dumb, you know, the, the, you know, whether or not how connected this guy was uh, stallions, by the way, it's, that's an interesting choice. I know how hard it is to get into the Naval Academy with kids who are college age. And I know, uh, you know, how sought after they are for employment after they get done. That's, now, I know one thing. If I had that uh, education in my back pocket, I would not be traveling to a college football games with my iPhone and videoing them. That's just uh, I'm well. But apparently, I, I I hear you. But apparently, he was hiring others to do that, you know, and then Venmoing them, you know, and that that's, subbing it out. Yeah, I, I guess is what it seemed like to me. But so so you're saying the NFL is like shrugging because you know um, they, they're used to that sort of scouting, and if it's against the rules, it's whatever. But college football, they're People what pissed up in I arms just, or just I, think I just, it's yeah. I just what does it mean? Rich, like then, let me ask you this: What does it mean? What it, like what do you think Michigan was in fact gaining from it? If you don't mind me asking, that's why. That's why, and I'm not pandering here. Obviously, sure. I just I watched them play, and I watched them physically beat the snot out of everybody up front. Right. And I just don't think that there's some piece of information that's the reason why Aiden Hutchinson just put the Ohio State tackle on his backside. Like I don't see the connection there. So I, I, that's why I'm not – there's people that are obsessed with it, Rich, like every article, every new piece of information. I, I'm This sounds bad. I don't care. I, I just don't they, – they are they have a bunch of NFL players. They're big, they're strong, they're physical, and they beat people up. Um, and this was just a dumb – this is a dumb thing they got caught up in, is my opinion. No, and I, and I, and I that's why I did not know, and I value your opinion. I did not know what your answer was going to be. And for anybody who thinks that you might be pandering – my gosh, uh, I don't know if I have had a top five people in my life that love to just stick it to me when it comes to the Michigan Wolverines. You're in the top five, DJ. You're in the top well, five, Mr. Appalachian well, State. You know, so, well, you know, you're that's 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 encouraging because I figured Breer has three of those spots locked up. <laughs> yes, he does. He's in the Hall of Fame already, you know, prior to his retirement. He's in the Hall of Fame. DJ, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate you. The best. Thanks, buddy. We'll see, man. Move the sticks. Everybody follow him. And of course, his podcast that he mentioned with Bucky Brooks called Move the Sticks is a must listen to. Get it where all podcasts are available. I guess I should say, speaking of tickets and going to games, <laughs> do you think Game Time appreciates me connecting what's going on with my alma mater think, to I their, so, yeah. this has nothing to do yeah, with Game so. Time. 
You can get tickets to any sporting event that you want in your area. The same thing goes for music comedy. Let's say you're trying to scout a comedian. You know? You know what I mean? Like, for I the like jokes. It. For the jokes. Of course. Don't take the comedian's jokes, is what I'm saying. Do not do that. All right. Big no-no. Theater events. You can get all those tickets. And also, you could see the view from your seat. And last-minute deals, all-in prices. What did all-in prices mean? They show your total up front on game time, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. How does that sound? Sounds great. Plus, it's easy. You can buy tickets in seconds with two snaps. Everybody here on the Rich Eisen Show has a game time account. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. You download the game time app, create an account, use the code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co. For terms, again, create an account and redeem code RICH for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. When we come back, Devontae Adams, is this his last Monday night game as a Raider? Last game as a Raider, period? Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right Power Torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at OReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's OReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, you told him about how you, you are the Bill Walsh of audio executives. Exactly. So you yeah. can't screw these up. Your favorite catchphrase from the original Predator. Go ahead. Here's one. If it bleeds, we can kill it. All right. That's number one. Here's number two. Okay. Get to the chopper! can't hear them at all. Okay. You can't hear them. You hear them. Yes. <laughs> I'm just you can't hear them. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing this blindfolded. Wait a minute. The sound. Wait a minute. Did Bill Walsh not have the volume up? Did the Bill Walsh of sound engineers not have the volume up for the segment? Oh my god. Oh boy. This is not bode well. Can you go? Oh. There's a method to his madness. Do you want to try one more time now? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, man. Here it is. We can kill it. Okay, if it bleeds, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Okay, here's the next one. Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's here's the other one. One ugly mother... Okay, there's that one. Okay. Start bench cut. All right, get to the chopper. It's cut. Because it's only an incidental line, and the only reason we remember it is because he's Austrian. 
if anybody else said, get to the choppers, it wouldn't have been a line. It wouldn't have been a line. It's only because he's the choppers, because he's Austrian. Cut, cut. It's superfluous. We're going to bench your, your one ugly, ugly MFR. So what you're going to do is you're going to start, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Because, it. because it's a succinct line, and it's done in a very naturalistic way. Please. Wow. We can kill it. Very well done. That's mm -hmm. just now, for everybody else who comes in here on the Rich Eisen That's Show, we're going to show I'm them. setting the bar you know, here. We're, we're going to show them this start bench cut because you have raised the bar, Keegan. I'm setting Michael the bar King. right here. We're going to edit out Del Tufo. We're going to edit that out. Can you edit that out? Edit that out. No, it, it, it's too it's good. Perfect. My algorithm on Instagram keeps feeding me key and peel videos and i i'm as so thankful for it as it should back on the rich eisen show radio network i'm sitting at the rich eisen show desk furnished by granger with supplies and solutions for every industry granger has the right product for you call click granger.com or or just stop by uh let's take some phone calls darlin in washington's been hanging on for a while hello darlin hey good morning rich hi guys what's hey, going hey, on hey. what up what's up Hey, TJ, I just got a message for you. Oh. You better let Dad know that we got a spoonful of whoop-ass coming from Washington to visit you at the end of November. If he's not careful, he's going to be on the turf like Danny Dimes searching for something. Whoa. <laughs> Darling, coming out of the smoke like Ray Lewis wow. on a Sunday. Wow. I, th I thought this was going to be a pleasant call. Yeah. By the way, a spoon yeah. a spoonful of whoop ass was the worst Mary Poppins song ever. I think. <laughs> I think Disney rejected that as an original title. They just decided it was okay. What do you got on your mind, darling? What's going on? Well, I just wanted to say that we've been listening to all the talk about the Niners and their defense and what they are. But if you think about, it, nobody's really looked back. But since Game Four, um, we played against the Giants, and after halftime. They never saw the end zone. Our defense kept them out of the end zone. And then we played games with Burrow. Next, he didn't see the end zone. They got a kick and field goal in the fourth quarter. Then you go to your next game with the Cardinals. They never saw the end zone after the half. Never saw it. And then you get to the Browns, and we get to them, and they did not see the end zone. So in the third quarter, they got a couple kicks, but nobody had a touchdown. Our defense has pretty much shut everybody down. Um, they, we've, our, um, the four teams we've played uh, since the game four have only scored 50 points. So that's an average of, what, 12 points a game. And uh, so for our defense being so young, I think they're really doing well. Yeah. And people are just kind of overlooking them. There's no I mean, doubt. Well, it's not just them. It's not just them, darling. It's the entire Seahawks period. For various reasons, exactly. and uh, let me just uh, let me just jump into that. And thank you for the call, darling. If you don't mind, I will just have this minute because I want to get to what Devonte Adams had to say before tonight's Monday Night Football game to me and us as a show. I know exactly why people are overlooking the Seattle Seahawks. Exactly why. First of all, proximity. It's always the case. It's always the case. The outpost of the Pacific Northwest. Ask any Trailblazer fan, any Washington Husky fan, any Oregon Duck fan, any Oregon State Beaver fan. Just keep going. Now, Seattle Mariners. It would be nice if one of them won a championship like the Seahawks were able to do. Okay. But then we paid attention to them for the Legion of Boom and because of Russell Wilson, along with Pete Carroll and Marshawn Lynch. Who does this team have? 
Let's take a look at the other teams that we're paying attention to in the NFL. Okay. 49ers. Okay. Having been to the Super Bowl more recently, and they have a ton of fantasy football players. And again, that's a metric that people pay attention to because that's the casual fan. Okay. Yep. And Brock Purdy is kind of an outlier to that. Then you got Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. You've got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You've got Josh Allen and the Bills. You've got Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins. You've got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and even Trevor Lawrence. And when I say even him, he's a young pup. But Trevor Lawrence has the juice. The Seahawks have Geno Smith, who won an a comeback player of the year award, fully healthy. He basically came back from anonymity. You could say mediocrity if you want to be mean about it. I say lack of opportunity. That's it. People don't believe that this guy's a Super Bowl quarterback. They don't believe it. They don't. And maybe DK Metcalf's on your team. Maybe Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker's on your team. Maybe Tyler Lockett's on your team. But he's throwing touchdown passes to Jake Bobo up there in the Pacific Northwest. Hey, this is why. I'm telling, I'm telling you, I'm shooting you straight. But guess who's 5-2? at two? Guess who doesn't care about all that stuff? Guess who probably spins that up and throws it to the people he always tells to compete about? Pete Carroll. What was the line about Pete Carroll from Jim Brockmeyer again? What was it again? He's the world's oldest teen, America's oldest teenager. America's oldest teenager. Because uh, Dick Clark is no longer because with us. Because Dick Clark is no longer with us. That's it. That's exactly why you're overlooking the Seattle Seahawks. Let them keep winning. Next up for them, this is a great week nine game. Seattle at Baltimore. Let's go. At, whoa, and the Seahawks just made a trade. What do they got? What do they do? They're, ac- you, they're acquiring Leonard Williams from the Giants. That's it. This is what wow. John Schneider does. This is what he does. He keeps feeding the system that he knows Pete Carroll runs and what Pete Carroll needs. This is not going to be one of the sexiest ones. I bet you more people will pay attention to Leonard Fournette signing with the Bills practice squad today than this trade. This trade is significant because yeah, this is. is what Seattle does. The defense that you just heard Darlin say doesn't get attention. This is what they do. Second round pick in 2024 and a fifth round pick in 25. Not messing around. Right up the middle. Go and get Brock Purdy when you get him in your house. Go and beat this team that you're now in front of through eight weeks. I love it. They are smart. They know what their system is. They know who they are. And Schneider knows how to feed it. And Pete Carroll knows how to execute it. Well done. I like it. Love being on the air with breaking news. Tonight, Vegas at Detroit. Westwood One Radio. I will be at the microphone in the Monday Night Football studio booth. I will be there. We already chatted with Jared Goff, which is what the Scottish call golf without the O. Last week, over the weekend, as soon as I was done, I Zoomed with Devontae Adams. What 
a stud. This guy has nothing but class and nothing but greatness and nothing but what appears to be to me something simmering underneath of being unhappy in Vegas. I asked him point blank if he's happy being a Raider. He said, I'll tell you this, is how he started his answer, and then said that he was and did not regret his decision because when he makes decisions, he's all in, and he loves wearing the uniform, he loves being around the guys, he loves practicing with the guys. What he doesn't love is the losing and the inconsistency of not winning, which is another way of saying losing. (laughs) So then at the end of the conversation... I asked him straight up if he thinks tonight, with the trade deadline being tomorrow, is his last game as a Raider. One of the many reasons why I love talking to you is you're you're always so you know straightforward and you're you're a pro's pro. So I, I ask you this just straight up. You know, do you think is it possible that Monday night is your last game as a Raider because of the conversations that are had about the team and your happiness there, even though you just cleared up that you're happy being a Raider? Do you think that's at all possible for this Monday night game? Devontae. I'm 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 focused solely on being a Raider and you know I don't I'm I'm not involved. I'm not looking for a new home and um you know I don't I don't control what, what anybody decides to do. Um but I I'm not that's not my focus at all. I've been I've been locked in on trying to have a, a big game in Detroit. Um last time I played Detroit I set the Packers all time single season uh receiving record. So Hopefully we can go out there and set some some other type of record. That's really all I'm really focused on. Because I guess you you could understand why people are Perfect wondering, time. right? I mean, because I, I, I could certainly understand. I mean, the the thing is, I haven't put anything out there about wanting to get traded, and um, you know, I'm I'm not going to do that. And uh, you know, based off certain quotes and people speculating whether or not I should be getting the ball more, that's what's led to this. It's not been any negative attention from Devontae Adams or any comments that I've made to try to stir up the pot. You know, I can be cryptic sometimes on Twitter, but I haven't even posted anything probably like a year on there. So, um, you know, I've been I've been staying away from there. Usually it's off seasons when things are died down. I try to, you know, spice some stuff up and have fun with people every every so often. But for me, it's been it's been just focused on what I can do here. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm happy being a Raider. I just want to continue to try to maximize this thing to just make it all worth it. Yeah, I did see you did respond, though. You did retweet uh, a, a writer that covers your team. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, recently because... That was my first That was my first input on Twitter in a, in a really long time. So but I, you, uh, you felt the need to do that, though, right? I mean, because... I did, I did, and I don't... And the thing is with Devontae Adams and why I feel like I've continued to have success at a, you know, pretty consistent rate for, for years now is that when I was a young player, I used to let what people thought and how they felt about things, whether it's me dropping a ball or something I said in the media or whatever, I used to let that factor into, you know, the way I went about my business or, you know, it would, it would factor in whether or not I was, you know, I would be, you know, have anxiety because people receive something wrong. I'm pretty good at articulating my message. So as long as I don't misspeak, um, I, I feel good with that. So sometimes it's frustrating that I would even have to do that, but you know, you want people to understand, like when you're going through a, a when it's all good stuff and it's something like that, it's like, you know, seriously, I don't care. I'm not even going to try to clean this up, but I don't want people to think I'm in here kind of trying to cause drama. So, you know, when I make a statement about my benchmark being greatness and, and not just wins and losses, I feel like it's important for people to understand where that comes from, because when you see ESPN 
um, Instagram has a picture of me with a half of what I said or a little strip of what the actual quote was, you know, you run into issues because now people are like, you know, well, we, you know, he's talking about his benchmark is, is greatness. So if he plays great, is he okay with, with losing? That's, is that what he's saying? When it's like, just watch the interview. If you, if you're that invested to where you care about what I said, you should watch the whole thing. So basically that was my way of clearing that up. And uh, I promise I won't be clearing anything else so at this point. Uh, I'll make it clear and, and we'll let them think what they want to think. Right. And I know, again, uh, and I appreciate the time you've given me. I, my, I, I, I understood why you retweeted because the reporter said for you to get the ball and be great, that's the way your offense can work at its highest level. And that's Correct. why you retweeted that. My my opinion, though, what just seeing and hearing you saying these things makes it feel that maybe you're not being heard enough in in the system or the mm-hmm. way that you're being used, which is why it's the first question I asked you here today yeah. was, you know, are you being heard or are, are, is this something that you feel that you are participating enough behind the scenes and you you say you are. So that's why. Yeah, honestly, I, you know, and, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. I, sure. I'm to the point where. Um, and at this point in my career, based off of everything I've learned and all the people I've learned from and the experience I've had and, um, you know, the, the experience that I do have, um, I don't know if I could play on a team where I, they didn't value my opinion because I'm not the type of guy to speak out of turn. I'm not going to be in there stepping on toes, but I have experienced, um, you know, a lot of things and I've experienced the coverage that I get more than any other person has, <laughs> coach or otherwise. So, um, you know, when it comes to beating certain things, I feel like it's important for me to be included in that to, you know, efficiently allow me to go out there and play my game and still impact the game because it's not easy. You know, you you know football, you know, better than 99% of the world. But if I told you to come in here and try to get me the ball versus 77 coverage, you know, it'd be pretty tough for you to come in and do that. You'd have to spend quite a, a good amount of time no, doing that. I want to go back to my host chair, sir. Great chat with him. Really good. Uh, I mean, it was 16, 17 minutes long, which is why, you know, I took the cue from him. It's like, I'll leave you with this. It's very Telesco-like. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'll leave you with this. And um, he, he left me with something for sure, talking about the input. And then we found out on game day morning, on Sunday morning, Tom Pelissero was here on Friday, said he found out the Raiders had a full-on players meeting with McDaniels in the room. Everyone airs everything out which is a fascinating week seven to week eight development here, making it a big game tonight. Falling to three and five behind the Chargers, and then obviously the Chiefs at the top. What do the Raiders do? I I don't think they trade him. I think he stays put. I think he's there. I don't think in a million years they trade him. It would be quite a... uh, white flag in silver and black country. Also, it would be quite the turnaround because that game's not going to end until, what, 11.30 Eastern? 4 o'clock Eastern Tuesday is the what next it is. day. So you'd, you'd literally have, what, 17 hours to make a trade? There's midnight oil, pal. No. There's midnight oil. Phone lines work 24-7. Big game tonight on Westwood One, and you could stream it for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate stations, digital platforms. 
That's right. Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner on the call, me all season long for free. And get in the zone with AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you find a fix for free. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I love Devontae Adams. Full conversation we had with him included his relationship with Rodgers. He says Rodgers and he talk all the time. I said, so Rodgers is giving you two cents on what's going on there in in Vegas? He said he gives me five cents. (laughs) They talk a lot. And then just, again, his trade, uh, you know, from Green Bay to Vegas, why it happened, Derek Carr, all of it. That's on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Check it out. All right. Trade deadline's heating up. That's tomorrow. But we finish up this show. We're going to do it live when we come back. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. All right. Got a couple more segments to go, and then you and I are going to record our Overreaction Monday podcast. We are. How many topics you got for me? I got 11. 11? Okay. You want a couple more? No. All right. Whatever you think. I, I want quality. You know, less is more. I want quality. You give me quality every week. Honestly, you it. come up with like 15 takes every single Monday. We got it. I got 11. And then Howie Long is Susie and, uh, and Amy's guest. Nice. So. What was his uh, firestorm? Wasn't that the other one? You know what? Broken Arrow and It's firestorm. kind of funny. I, I keep on mixing up his movies with Drew Barrymore's. Firestarter was hers, right? <laughs> Howie was Firestorm. He was Firestorm. Yep. He was Broken Arrow. Yep. How about Chris just going into a, uh, a John Travolta reference later, you know, earlier on when I asked him about that? Oh. He was in 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Was he really? He was. Howie yeah. was into that? Was he in that? That's what it says. I don't remember him in that. But then again, I haven't seen that in like 19 years. He did an episode either. of 90210. Did he really? In 1994. How we freaking long. That's man. pretty awesome. My dad was a French teacher. <laughs> My dad's in the Coast Guard. There you go. <laughs> My dad didn't do anything that John Travolta was in. Also. But at any rate. Hey, Rich, going back to our earlier read um, yeah. for the game time. Yeah. You know how I got my Clippers ticket? Oh. Through game time? Yeah. And you know I what know I that. forgot to do? No. Use the promo code Rich. You dummy. <sighs> No, your answer should be like, oh, so you could save it for the next time. Oh, it's your first purchase. First purchase. First, yeah. uh, I messed up. Sorry, we got some I mean. nice parting gifts for you. It's over. But he's like, he took, he didn't take the middle key again. Yeah, How many times yeah. do we can present you at the middle key? Look, I got two words for you guys about that middle key. Oh. Okay. All right, we're back. Oh, 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Lots at stake tonight. Lots at stake. Because the Lions, they got to turn the page, right? Vikings are 4-4. Four and four. By the way, do you know who's on injured reserve why Jaron Hall got in the game in Minnesota, who might come off of injured reserve in advance of this coming Sunday game? No idea. Big Nick Mullins. Oh. Uh, my LinkedIn buddy. Who, as you know, has got time in the Niners system. So that's what I'm saying. If Nick Mullins is there, Trey Lance can be there too. I was going to sideswipe Purdy, but I decided to. Don't sideswipe Purdy. By the way, that's a great uh, sideswiping Purdy is not a bad fantasy team. You mean the other 49er quarterback who looked great for 12 weeks and is now a backup? Nick Mullins. Got it. See, you you can't say I was going to do it (laughs) and then do it. And then do it. Well, it's like my all due respect. Okay. Sort of. You didn't say with all due respect. Which means you're not inoculated from saying something disrespectful oh, unless you man. say it in advance. Sorry, I, man, how many I times do I got to teach you how to do this stuff? He stays saying disrespectful Your stuff. Your rules are confusing you know? to me. I'm, so, just, I'm just warming up for the podcast. Lions can turn that page tonight and the Vegas Raiders can get to four and four. Or Jimmy G and the Raiders fall to three and five. Big difference, man. By the way, they can go to four. The Jets take on the Chargers and the Raiders next. They're in the mix. Everyone's in this mix through eight weeks. It's great. A lot of guys still in the mix. So. But not really. We watch the game. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I mean. This is, a big, this is a big game. This is what is at stake. Can the Lions come home where they haven't played as well? Writ large over the season. This should, not, this should not be a game. I know. Tonight, Coop I needs mean. Amon Ra St. Brown to sit out completely. Sun he God. was oh. apparently hurt. I mean, sick. Yeah, illness. Yeah, illness. illness. Yeah. Because yeah, if he happen. plays and catches one pass, he loses. He falls to 0 and 8, <laughs> oh, my son. No. Sorry, Coop. He's, he's got, he had Burrow. He's got <laughs> every, uh, honestly, he has no win. luck. He has no luck. Oh. My son has no luck at all in and fantasy. Unfortunately, he's going to play me in fantasy basketball this week. Hopefully, he will. You know, avenge his father's week one well, loss. I, I don't see that happening. You're gonna have to wait to another okay. lifetime for that to happen. So, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Next lifetime, stupid. <laughs> so tomorrow's show, Dan Orlovsky will be on it. An interesting announcement involving his appearance here tomorrow. So that's something to let you know about. Uh, that's on tomorrow's show, and I want to thank today's guests, Daniel Jeremiah, and also want to thank um, my, uh, my friend Chris Long for being on the program. I want to finish up today's show this way. Uh, year 2000, I was here in Los Angeles. Uh, Susie and I were dating long distance. She was working out here. I was a sports center anchor. I went, I don't know how I wound up there, but I did. The There being a um, movie premiere. For a movie called The Whole Nine Yards, 2000. And after that movie, I uh, I went to the post party and met two guys who uh, I became friends with. Good friends. Hank Azaria and Matthew Perry. And they couldn't have been nicer. Hank couldn't have been nicer, or I should say about Matthew Perry. Could he not be any nicer? And he, you know, Hank was a big Jet, Nick fan, whatever, and uh, talking about Sports Center. And Matthew wanted to talk about hockey. He's a big hockey guy. Got to meet him, got to know him. And then when I moved out here, got to know him even better. A sweetheart of a guy. An absolute buddy, if you ever met him. 
Couldn't have been nicer again to appear on the podcast version of the show before we were anything. There you see, this is Matthew Perry sitting in a in a in a green screen very, room, like a, a small, small little room. booth, <laughs> yeah. to just talk about nothing except just say, "Okay, sure, bud, I'll, I'll come on your show." And then gave me not one but two opportunities of a lifetime to play his nemesis on two of his post friends' shows that he he did called "Go On." There he is. Showing up on my fake Rich Eisen live show, good name for to show. give me a bunch of grief, and then my favorite show growing up, The Odd Couple. He played Oscar Madison, and he gave me the role in front of a live studio audience, and because he 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 just was a sweetheart. He knew it meant a lot to me, and that I the fact that he thought I could do it, and he gave me a chance along with Kenny Smith in one episode. There's Thomas Lennon, and. Funny, sweet, a lover of tennis as well. He loved to make you laugh. And sometimes unintentionally he would just say something and it was just him being funny. But there was always something beneath the surface and he battled addiction and was very public about it. Certainly when it came to writing his book and and just being awesome. And it hit me like a ton of bricks when I heard he passed away this weekend. And we have lost a beautiful human on the planet who, again, could not have been nicer and found fame early on in life and had everything going for him. And I just wanted to say I loved him and I was so fortunate to get to know him and, um, and be a, a friend. I was a fan before a friend. And for everybody who knew him better than me, I say, rest in peace, Matthew Perry, on their behalf and mine.